0: To learn more, click on the conference tab at becker'shospitalreview.com. Welcome to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. This is Laura Duda with Becker's Healthcare, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Kimberly Long, CEO of the Association of California Nurse Leaders. Kimberly, it's great to have you here today.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Now, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your background?
1: I sure can. Um, I've been in healthcare over 35 years with my first healthcare position being a certified nursing assistant. And then I went to a nursing school and became a registered nurse. From there, I went and became a nurse practitioner and ran a clinic for genetic disorders of the blood and chronic disease management. And then I went into administration and I've been in administration since then. That was about 1994. Um, sort of moving up the ranks from director. Um, I was a chief nursing officer at of both the local and system levels for several years, and then became a chief operating officer for a few years, and then went directly into a chief executive officer. And I retired as a CEO in December of 2019 in order to take a year off and travel and do consulting work. Well, the travel got circumvented, but I did recently um, accept the uh, and start the position as the CEO for Association of California Nurse Leaders. So now I've moved from hospital operations to supporting nurse leaders in being equipped to lead themselves others in healthcare systems and working with the California Hospital Association on health policy.
0: That's a fantastic journey that you've taken during your career and really you've been a big contributor to healthcare and healthcare delivery. So it's fantastic to hear. Um, I'm excited to learn from you, you know, a little bit more about leadership. What have you learned over your career about clinical leaders, about being able to um, rise in your position? And could you tell us just a little bit about that journey that you took?
1: Um, I would say the biggest lesson that I learned, and I learned it very early in my leadership career, and that is leadership is actually service. Uh, many people go into leadership because they... Feel as if it's going to give them status, it's going to give them um, control or that sort of thing. And in some ways it does, but the responsibility of leadership supersedes all of that because the, the true job of a leader is to inspire the inner motivation in the people who actually do the work and be able to cast a vision that they will embrace, not one that has to be sold, but one that others will embrace. And if that leader is effective in doing that, then the experts at the bedside, which are the ones that actually make things happen, will move the organization in the direction it needs to go with the leader, just being somewhat of a compass and facilitator. Um, Early or people, younger leaders, it takes them a little while to kind of understand the service and followership of leadership. But once they learn that, then they realize that that's really when their movement and when their effectiveness is optimized. And that's something that I learned and have continued to to hone and to refine throughout my years in leadership positions.
0: Fantastic. I love that. And the idea of having leadership be a service and being able to work with and Um, motivate those people who are on the front lines is very important, especially today. Um, I know, you know, you have spent the past year outside of the executive role, but in looking at what has happened during the pandemic, you know, what are some of the observations that you have about nursing and, and nurse leaders during this time?
1: You know, I have always, even before I became a nurse, had tremendous respect for nurses because they are the navigators of care, and whenever things, you know, when the the rubber meets the road and things are really needed to happen, the ones that make it happen are the nurses. Unfortunately, they're also the ones that get the least amount of input in their practice. They're the ones that aren't always at the decision-making table, but they are the ones that execute on the decisions that are made at the table. One of the things that I have seen that have come out of the experiences of the last year is that people are realizing that the nurses are really the ones that are the glue. That's not negating the other disciplines because we all work together as team members. And, you know, I, I don't want to name individual disciplines, but everybody in the hospital make a a significant contribution to the health of the patients that we provide services to. I just feel that that equal plane or the understanding of the contribution that the nurses make is better understood now because of them rising to the occasion and providing that, that stability and that, you know, patient focus, even more so in the course of the COVID pandemic, as well as taking care of their families and themselves and, you know, going the extra mile and so forth. So physicians do it, others in the hospital do it, and it's not negating the contribution that they make because everybody is essential to making sure that, that this process works and that the care that the patients need is provided for them and their families. I just feel that the, the nurse's contribution is better understood now as a result of what they have done in the course of the last year.
0: Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And now that you have gone into a new <clears throat> role as CEO of the Association of California Nurse Leaders, and we're hopefully getting to the other end of this pandemic um, within the coming months, what are you excited about right now? And what makes you nervous?
1: Um, I am excited about the learnings that we have had from this. You know, none of us or few people were alive during the flu influenza pandemic of 1918. So this is the first time we've experienced something like this. And the learnings that were listed historically from that experience, the influenza pandemic, were already implemented and in place, but this was a different animal. And I think what happened was we realized, even though uh, when there was the Ebola threat, you know, people kicked in and the steps were taken in order to prevent it from penetrating. And the same thing with SARS and some of the other things that had the potential to be what COVID-19 has become. But because of the proactiveness and the uh, implementation of the lessons learned, we were not, we, it did not evolve or progress to epidemic or pandemic levels. But in this particular case, things were different. And I think that this was a very hard lesson and a very costly lesson, but a very valuable one. So I feel like there were a lot of learnings from this experience that can be implemented that will protect us in the future. The thing that I am excited about is, or the thing that, that concerns me, is I think that there are some entities that have taken the opportunity to capitalize on this for self-serving purposes. And I feel like that's not right. Um, you know, I, I, I read a paper the other day and gave some comments on it, and I won't go into detail about it. But it, it, it almost, instead of looking at the, the people who have been affected, some of which are my family members, you know, I've lost family members and close friends to this. And, and it's hurtful, you know. And when you see people who have lost multiple family members and whole family members succumbing to, um, to this virus, to have a person or an entity take it as an opportunity to facilitate their own agenda. I just don't think that's right. And 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 I've seen some uh I've seen that done. And that's what disturbs me most is that, you know, now is not the time. There from my from my perspective, it never is the time. But now certainly is not the time because the the stress that healthcare providers are under and trying to get this thing under control the you know, the the vaccines and trying to get that going and, you know, people being locked down in their homes for months on end and all of that, it's it's putting a stressor on us that we've never experienced before. And to take that and you become kind of opportunist and jump on that bandwagon and, and dramatize and all of that, I just think that that's just not the right thing to do. So that's my personal opinion. It doesn't represent any organization or entity. I just feel like now is the time for us to do whatever we can to relieve the stress that the, the country and the residents of the country, the people who reside here are under, and to try to use our collective voice to get through this and to bring our country back to a stable place, because it's not at this point. And I think we have an opportunity, and we should focus on that and not some of the other things that some entities have been focusing on.
0: That was very well put, Kimberly. Thank you so much for going through that. I think you've got a great point there in terms of really understanding the grave impact that this has had, not only on healthcare workers, but those who have lost family members and, and some who are um, both. And so I think it's a great point to make and making sure that, you know. Um, we're really, really focusing on healing when we can, but also understanding the huge impact this has had on so many people's lives. Mm-hmm. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, I was wondering if you could share with us three pieces of advice for aspiring leaders today.
1: I sure can. Um, the first thing that I would say is repeating something I mentioned earlier, and that is leadership is service. And, and the most effective leader that I have run into and what I have, I teach uh, as an adjunct professor at, a, professor at a university, and one of the classes I teach is leadership. And the thing that I try to impress upon them most is you're not a leader if no one is willing to follow your vision. And so recognize that our role as leaders is to role model, to understand people as individuals and as a collective, and to work to again, create that internal burning platform that they have so that they can move things forward with you. It's also as a facilitator so that we can facilitate making sure that they have what they need to care for the people that we serve, which are the patients and their families. So our role as leaders is to support the direct care providers. So the hierarchies we usually see should be flipped. Um, the second thing I would say is be prepared for your role. Um, the last thing you want to do is step into a leadership role, and all you have is the title, but you don't have the, experience, the know-how to be able to execute on that role effectively. And one way to do that is to look at the competencies required of that role before you get in it, long before you get in it. If you're aspiring to be a CEO, look at the competencies required of a CEO and begin to prepare yourself and expose yourself as you go through your career trajectory so that when you get to the point that you're ready for that role, you are truly ready and prepared for it. Experience will come, but have the mindset and the know-how because each leadership role requires a different uh, viewpoint, a different worldview, a different framework on which you function. And I think that people, if they can prepare for that ahead of time, then they'll avoid some stumbles and, and, and prevent the organization from having setbacks as a result of their stumbles and their learning experience. And then the last thing I'll say is find joy in what you do. Um, we as healthcare uh, providers have a unique experience to really impact individuals' lives. And they put a trust in us that, you know, as strangers that they wouldn't put in anyone else. And we have to, Recognize the responsibility, but at the same time, find the joy in doing that and recognize the honor that it is to be able to participate in someone's life and escort them down this journey um, of illness and uh, resuming wellness uh, to, to the point that they can from an optimal perspective. So I think that, you know, finding that joy will energize us to be able to continue to give to the people that we serve.
0: Fantastic. Kimberly, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a fascinating discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future.
1: That sounds good. Thank you. It's been my pleasure.